how the rest of you doing it. So, you know, Justin just said something, and let's, let's talk about it in a second. I heard a minister uh, who said all successful businessmen spend some time every day, usually in the morning, dreaming. It's a part of their work week. That's huge. If you don't dream, you are not going anywhere. God gave you an imagination. Use it rightly. Okay, get your Bibles out and go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Now I have to tell our visitors here that the second sermon usually doesn't look as close to the first one. Sometimes they're better, sometimes it's worse. So I've been, I've been praying a lot about what we're watching today in America. I've been really looking at it, and um, I think all of us have. So I'll ask you a question, and, I, and when I say the news, I'm not referring to CNN, ABC, NBC. How many of y'all are paying attention to what's going on? Yeah, I think all of us are. Um, I said in the first service, I said the, the news, and people are like, I don't watch the news. Yeah, I get that. But I'm talking about good news, bad news, and different news. All of us are aware that there's a war in Ukraine. We're aware of Putin. We are aware of China. We're aware of Taiwan. We are aware of Afghanistan and Iraq and Iran and Israel. And those are the only the main wars that are going on that we're, in, that we're mentally involved in. We're also very aware that the world is in a turmoil. Now, we're going to talk in a minute about how to live today. Because Jesus made a statement. He said, in the world, you will have trouble. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So let's talk about the modern American mindset of the last days. This started in the 50s that people began to really preach on the rapture of the church. Now, someone said, are you pre-mid are you pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib? I'm pre-wrath. You know what I mean by that? Before the nukes start flying, he's going to get us out. All right. But now here's my concern, and I'm, this is why we're going to talk about this today. Up until a few years ago, if you walked in a church and talked about the rapture, Everyone believed that we would be going along, eating at McDonald's or Ruth Chris or wherever you go, and then one day Jesus would come back, and the next day the Antichrist would step on the scene, and all hell would break loose. The problem with that theology is that we're already entered it, and we're here. <clears throat> Thank you all. You say, where are we on the timeline? I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of stuff we don't know. I don't think that the prophetic Bible was given to us to predict the future. Only that when it happened, we could go, oh, God, he said that would happen. So we would know that he's still running everything. Now, God's not so interested in us writing books and selling tapes on how it will be in the last day, even though all of us really want to know. So since we're in this time, we're in this time period, how are we going to make it now? 
What are we going to do? Are we going to sit around and pray, oh, Lord, come come, Jesus? Or how are we going to handle? Because we've already gone through a pandemic. I didn't say pandemic. I said a pandemic because it was planned. And I told you that years ago, even though you called me a conspiracy theorist. And I told you what was going to be happening. I told you that we were already in Matthew 25, that wars and rumors of wars, and that we've already entered the birth canal. So I want to read a scripture to you right now, and I want you to pay attention. Let's just read it all. And he brought us out from there that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore to our fathers. So why did God take the children of Israel and bring them out of Egypt? to get them into the promised land. There was a goal in mind. I want you out of Egypt in bondage, and I'm going to take you into your own land. So he brought them out to take them in. I want you to think about this right now for a second. Why did he save you to begin with? To leave you here? No, He brought us out of the world to take us back in to the very place he started with Adam. Now, listen to me carefully what I'm going to say. Soon and very soon, there's a song, soon and very soon. Andre Kraut, some of y'all don't even know who that is. Soon, we will step in to the millennial reign. Soon, very soon. We're going to step into the millennial reign. Soon, we're going to see Jesus return to this earth. Soon, very soon, there will be no more. You'll never hear the word war forever. You'll never hear pandemic again. You'll never hear someone dying before their age. You'll never hear the word cancer again. You will never hear about divorces. You'll never hear about people dying. You'll never hear about crooked politicians. You will never hear any of that ever again forever. Now, used to be preachers preached on this. Until we got so heavenly minded, we were no earthly good because nobody was living for today trying to just, you know, we went, well, people need to learn how to live Monday through Friday right now. So, so preachers shifted it so that we would learn how to live week by week, not just sit around waiting on Jesus to come back. There is a truth to that. But right now where we are, you and I need to understand that everything that's ever happened to you, the new birth, the, the new creation, being filled with the Holy Ghost, he he has placed inside of you an earnest money. If you're in real estate, you understand that he gave you the Holy Ghost as earnest money because he's coming back to get the possession he paid for and he's taken us over into the millennial reign and we will be and we will forever be with the Lord. Now, I think, I think we will see it. I think that's how close we are. Now, will there be a bump in the road between now and then? A couple. But don't make a mountain out of a molehill. So I want to talk about how we're going to make it through this time. Because it's on your minds. I can tell by looking at you, it's on your mind. I can listen to your Facebook where you're, you know, you're sending all of these. Have you heard? Have you heard the latest prophet? 
So let's talk about politicians just a minute, just a moment. As much as I want Trump to come back, and he might, I want Jesus to come back. Because just, 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 let's just go political. If you think he can fix all that's going on, you're deceived. I mean, he's good, but he ain't that good. Now, would he get our, our gas prices lower? Oh, yeah, glory to God. We have more oil in America than they do in Saudi Arabia. Would someone please uncork our pipeline? But as long as there's idiots in there, okay. Now, I'm not talking just Democrats. I want you to know something. They're all messed up. I mean, I know you have a party. I get, I get my things from the Republican Party, send money now, the Democrats are doing this, and I'm going, well, who's going to stop you? Okay, never mind. And I wrote one of them, I said, I'm a constitutional conservative Christian, and I'm in your party because the other one won't let me in. Never mind. All right. Well, y'all went quiet on me. Just to, They're quieter than the first service, aren't they? They're, Go to Colossians chapter 1. Go to Colossians chapter 1. See, you, get poli- you, get, you go to politics and people go, are you talking about politics or, or raising your children? Everybody gets quiet. And at least there's hope for the children. <laughs> Colossians 1, 13. He, God, delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed, which is a fancy word for placed, us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. He took us out of darkness and placed us into the kingdom. That's something He did. Now, let's, let's ask a question. How much help did He get from you? Not a drop. Because you couldn't. I want to say something I want y'all to help you with. There are things you can't do. You didn't save you. Someone did, but it wasn't you who did it. Now, God took you out of darkness and placed you in the light. So I'm going to ask you a question. Did he do okay? Did he bomb? Did he mess it up? He did pretty good, didn't he? He got us out of darkness and got us in the light. Got us out of sin. Got us into righteousness. Got us out of poverty. Took us into the blessing of Abraham. How did he do? He did all right, didn't he? Did he do all right? All right. So we so understand this. God is able to do a lot more than you think he is able to do. The only problem God has ever had getting anything done is us. Now, why do you think he made all of, the, all of the earth and all of that before we came along? He didn't want our opinion. Now, Justin was talking about poverty mindset a while ago. So, so here, here's the way we would have done it. God, we want two flying things, two barking things, two meowing things, and two swim in the water things. That's enough. 
Have y'all ever been to SeaWorld? What was God thinking when he made a fish whose eyeballs are on the end of 12-inch tentacles that float around in the water? Is God eight years old? Never mind, y'all. What kind of boyish mindset would create some of the stuff he's made? Why, why, have, an, why have a deer whose neck is that long? God goes, oh, I think I'll make a deer. Oh, shoot, let's make one. Make him eat trees. Maybe all fish shouldn't swim. Maybe we ought to make them fly sometimes. Maybe we should make some fish that breathe air underwater. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, I think God sat up there in, in his mansion with a big drawing board for a million years and drew fish and dogs and chickens and birds. And he got excited one day and went, B! Oh, boy, y'all are wonderful. Is this wonderful? B, B-E, B, just B. Not Bumblebee, B. Yeah, we ought to make one of those that can't fly. They're, they're too fat and the wings aren't big enough, but we'll make it fly anyway. You know, one day we're going to get to meet him and, and we're going to be astounded. You're going to walk into heaven, you're going to be an eight-year-old kid. Hi, y'all. We're going to go, I never grew up. I'm eternally this age. Never mind. No, I'm teasing y'all. For all of you people to go, that guy's a heretic down there. All right. One of the things that God's doing right now is we're in this age, but everything that he's done is to get us to the next one. That's, that's what's going on right now. He wants us there. But why are we waiting because there's people here that he doesn't want to lose. So he has two issues. Number one, he has the lost that hadn't been reached yet. Not all of them. And then he has the church that's not doing what he said. So he so gets you to come to church. If he can get you to come to church. He gets you to come to church. If he can get you to come. And now we start learning how to be ambassadors and reach the people he died for. Now. Now, that's not all we do, but without people, we only get what we get done. See, not everybody's going to go out and preach like Jonathan Shuttlesworth. God doesn't want all of y'all preaching like Jonathan. He might want someone like Mr. Asbury to get up on a guitar. He might want someone like Megan on the drums. Is she doing good? I mean, that little... I took her out yesterday. She can shoot a gun too, so yeah, she's doing really good. Girls need to learn to shoot guns. Okay. And she carries. Okay, scratch that. <laughs> Forget I said it. So here's the question. Was God able to get you out of death to life? Really? Did you do all right? Was God able to get Jesus out of hell? Pretty big feat. I mean, you imagine Jesus, God's asking you to give and 
you know, $10, but he asked Jesus, I want you to go to hell for three days. Don't worry, I'll get you out. That's like, you got another way to do this? (laughs) Don't you remember praying that? God went, "Uh uh-uh, and he went, "Uh, that's what I thought you were going to say. All right. Was God able to get the children of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land? Was God able to feed them, hydrate them, protect them, and take care of them in the, in the desert? No water, no food. Can he take care of you? Yes, he can. Now, see, there's no, there's no record in the Bible that the children of Israel went into Hawaii where there was fish and coconuts and water and water. No, he took them in a desert. But it didn't matter because they had God. Your circumstances are not your issue. It's who you're with. Was Jesus, was he able to calm a storm the night it tried to kill him? Was he able to feed 5,000 men plus women and children? These are Jewish families. Probably 30,000, 40,000 people out there. That's quite a crowd. Was he able to get Lazarus out of the grave? Was he able to get Jonah on the first all-American or all-Jewish fish ride out of the belly of the fish and to Nineveh? I would consider that quite a feat. We're going to preach on Jonah in the well soon. It'll be a really big story. All right. Was he able to get Peter out of jail? Was he able to get Paul out of all his trouble? Has he been able to get the gospel out for the last 2,000 years? Yes, he has been able to. The problem is not on his end. So why am I saying this? We're going to go over this and we'll look at a couple of scriptures. God, there's nothing short about him. Nothing that's happening right now is taking him by surprise. The only people worried about it are us. For the same reason that they were worried in the Old Testament about the desert. Didn't bother God. He had it. But they were concerned. Nobody wants to die. I don't want to die early. But I want you to do something right now. I want you to say something. Say, I will never die. Now, who, who said that in the New Testament? Who said that? Jesus, if you believe in me, you'll never what? Now, you will leave your carcass here. Some of you are going to wake up one morning and will have a pain in your body. And you'll realize you're dead. <laughs> You'll step off the bed and look and go. Who's that in the bed with my wife? Oh, it's me. There'll be a glowing guy in the corner. And it will not be a bad day. It's almost like everybody's scared to death to go to heaven. Help help me. I didn't say we need to be taking the first train out. 
Alright, well, guys can go to church this morning. They're talking about everybody's dying. And <laughs> Open your Bible, go to Ephesians 3.20. I think it's time to get a right perspective because the world is a mess. Amen. It's a mess. But it's not catching God by surprise. While you're going to 320, I'm going to mark my place right here, and I'm going to, I'm going to go someplace. I'm not going to tell you where I'm going. I just want to read it. What do you think God is doing right now? He's up there going, oh, no. The Antichrist is coming. The New World Order. Oh, no, the Democrats won. They stole the election. Oh, no. What are you going to do with Putin? Oh, no. I'm pretty sure there's a scripture somewhere, but I hadn't found it. Listen to this one. Why do nations rage and people plot vain things and the kings of the earth set themselves and rulers are taken counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed? And they say, let's break their bonds in pieces and cast their cords from us. And he who sits in the heaven said, <laughs> really? Are y'all serious? Did you ever think about the fact that some things just don't bother him? Like Justin said a while ago, you know, I think we need to get a perspective on energy. Did you know there are stars out there that if our sun was a golf ball or the size of a popka? And there's billions of them. God is like big... Huh? Do I have a scripture for that? Not this morning. Come. Huh? Yes, is is his footstool. I hope he doesn't kick it out of the living room. But anyway, listen. But in all reality, think about this. He he is very very big, and nothing we're going through right now caught him by surprise. And, I, and I'm doing this because I want you, even though this stuff is happening, where is your focus? What are you spending your day thinking about? Are you thinking about the goodness of God? Are you thinking about the size of God? Are you thinking about him coming back? Or are you thinking about, oh, my God, I hope Putin don't come over here? <laughs> And some people are worried about the nukes. I think we're going to be out of here before nukes. I mean, the whole book of Revelation, God kind of wrote it out. So that would, that would indicate he really knows what's going to happen before it happens. And he told you and I, see that you're not troubled. I mean, we're not allowed to sit around and go, we're just believing the Lord right now. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's go back to, let's go back. I mean, I, every, every day I hear some of the news, I walk out and go, ha, we're going home. <laughs> Neighbors think I'm crazy. That's all right. Ephesians chapter 3, 
verse 20. Now him who's able, say able, to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think according to the power that's working in us. Now show me an expiration date on that. I mean, where does it say, except in 2022, you're on your own, baby. There's nothing we can do. We're just up here watching all the hell on earth. Make it the best you can, boys and girls. The devil's got it so messed up that even up here, the lights are going dim. (laughs) Say no. Say God is able to take care of me in grand style, exceeding, abundantly, above. Our best days are ahead of us. We're here, but we're not a part of it. God is going to take care of his church. He's going to watch over us. We're going to be fine. Will there be trouble? I'm pretty sure there will be. We're going to get into Psalm 91 in a minute. It says we'll watch them on the left and the right, but it won't come near us. I mean, you can participate if you'd like. We're not stopping you if you'd like to be a part of the pandemic. Whoa, just go have fun. Tell us how it was. Now think about that for a minute. We're, like Justin said a while ago, we're trying to figure out how to get enough money to make it through the week, and God said, I'm able to do a whole lot more. So, so let me ask you this question. When God brought the children out of Israel out of Egypt, wasn't them, they were the only trouble he had? I mean, there was no trouble on God's end. I mean, there was plenty of biscuits, and they didn't make you fat, and they didn't have gluten in them. There was plenty of water. They had plenty of money. The Egyptians gave them all kind of stuff. The only problem God had was them. Wait a minute. Could that be his only concern now? Is us? Could it be that we're not causing a lot more trouble than we are? And so my job is to kind of come to you and go, settle down. He's all, it's going to be okay. And as the time gets closer, you're going to need to hear this again. Buy the CD, $1,000. The inflation, you know, I mean, it's gone. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'll give it to you. I'm a giver. Go to 2 Corinthians 9. Come on, y'all. What are, what are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? I mean, if you're, say, if you're sitting around thinking of the goodness of God, you're not depressed. And today, you are going to have to control your mind. Now, I did not say pretend there's no trouble. I just said focus on the answer. Now, under the old covenant, now he got them out of the desert. He didn't get them all out. Some of them died there because they wouldn't cooperate. Will there be Christians die now? Yeah. Yeah. Will there be people not cooperating? Yes. 
There are right now. Okay. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. This is the scripture Mark Hankins put in the Bible. We know, we know Kenneth Hagin put Mark eleven twenty three. The Baptist put John three sixteen, And Mark Hankins put this one in. <laughs> it, 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 the reason I say that is people come up and say, you remember Sunday when you said, and I said, no. Well, you know that scripture. I said, oh, he said. I mean, I'd like to take royalties from the book. I will do that. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to have royalties on the Bible? That'd be cool. All right. God is able, say he's able, to make how much grace? All grace, unmerited favor. We're in the season of grace. We're still in it. All grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. That's a lot of grace. Is there an expiration date on that one? No. God is a big God. God is a big God. Now, I understand something. Now, let me, let me get on the negative side here with you for a moment. I understand that during the last pandemic, people got afraid. That's your fault. Don't, don't, don't throw anything at me. You were supposed to be reading your Bible and praying and walking with God when it hit. And had you been doing what he told you to do, it would not have knocked you out. I can't do anything about that. Now, no condemnation, but don't let it happen again. Don't do it again. The God you serve, we're in a new covenant with better promises, and the God right now, right this minute, while you sit here, is able to give you exceeding, abundantly above all grace, abounding to you. Every day of your life, is he able to keep you healthy? Yes. Is he able to feed you? Can he keep you alive? Yes, he can. Now, you can't keep you alive, so why are you trying to keep you? You can't even save you. So I have a, I have a question for you. When you die, do you believe God's going to take you to heaven? How? Okay, let's, let's take a hypothetical. What is your game plan if you die and the angel doesn't show up? You're looking around the room and you're going, uh-oh. Do you have game plan too? Why do you have game plan two on your finances? When's it going to dawn on you that you aren't God? Ooh, it's quiet in this Baptist church. I love it. <laughs> when he said don't worry, he really meant don't worry about it. 
If he got him in the Old Testament through the desert, well, he can flat get us into the millennial reign. He came to take us out of here. All right. How am I doing, Lisa? All right, thank you. Doesn't matter what else thinks. Go to 1 Corinthians 10. I won't spend too much time on this. Like I told the first service, I don't want to go negative too long, but we have to touch it a little tiny bit. Is there a danger in Christians? Yes, there is. There's a danger. Chapter 10, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I don't want you to be unaware that our fathers were under the cloud and passed through the sea, baptized Moses in the cloud and the sea, and they ate the same spiritual food. They drank the same spiritual drink, and they, that, that would rock that followed them was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, and their bodies fell in the wilderness. Now, he took them out, but he couldn't get them in. They wouldn't let him. Now, you understand there's a reason that some Baptist churches became free will. <laughs> They put on their sign, free will. That means God's not running everything. Some of it is personal responsibility. Somebody woke up one day and went, I think some of this I need to cooperate. All right, let's change this name to Baptist, First Baptist, Second Baptist, Free Will Baptist. <laughs> you know, I love my job, and I have to entertain myself. Because I do this for a living. And if I don't enjoy church, I'll be immeasurable. So every once in a while, I have to stop and try to become a comedian and pretend like I am. And go back to the Bible. All right. All right. Do not become idolaters. Oh, no, 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 no. Verse 6. They were scat. These things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after things. Don't become idolaters, as some of them were. It was written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Don't commit sexual immorality. Did you know that you're responsible for you? Did you know that you don't sin for anybody? The only person you sin for is yourself. Nobody is responsible for the mess you're in but you. Now, that's very difficult. Now, there's preachers in town who won't say that because it thins the, the, the sheep herd. Shepherd, sheep, fold, sheepfold. I don't think I like that. Let's try another church. All right. <laughs> don't tempt Christ as some of them tempted and were destroyed by serpents, nor complain. That eliminated most everybody in the building, Jesus. <laughs> Am I the only one in here that ever has to really... Watch my mouth. I cannot watch ABC, NBC, CBS without saying something. Moron. Okay. Now, all these things happened as an example, and they were written for our admonition. In other words, he wants you to read it and go, don't do what they did. Okay, now, let's go to another scripture real quick. Go to, the, go to the book of Numbers 13. You didn't see that the first service, did you, Lisa? I didn't think so. Yeah, that's because we, we ran out of time. It's called the espresso service because you have to have coffee to get through it. 
because we have a one-hour service. That's how our coffee shop makes money. <laughs> Nothing to mind. <laughs> Numbers 13. Oh, find it, Daryl. Come on, buddy. You can do it. Numbers 13, chapter 1. Chapter 13, verse 1. And the Lord said to Moses, send people to spy out the land that I'm giving them, the children of Israel, that from every tribe of their families will send a man a leader. He says he took them out to take them in. He's trying to get them in the promised land, right? All right. Now, here's one of his attempts. Now, he tried to get them in. They didn't work with him. All right. Verse 25, and they were returned from spying out the land and departed and came back to Moses and Aaron, the congregation of children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh and brought back word to them. The congregation showed them the fruit. And they told them, this says, we went in the land that you sent. It flows with milk and honey. It looks really, really good. Nevertheless, the people, oh, God, have you heard of Putin? Have you seen the guy in China? Are you serious? I think they're going to kill us. Okay, come on. I'll just come over here. I just modernized it. Have you heard about the latest pandemic? The Omicron? I think they have another one. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Help us, Jesus. This is, this is, this is, about, this is an Old Testament scripture, but it's the exact same scenario being played out all over again. He's trying to get them into the promises of God, and they're falling apart because the enemy is bigger than they are. How many of you believe that the enemy right now is really kind of big? I mean, we don't even know who they are. I'll tell you, the guy, the head of the New World Order, that's the guy you need to be afraid of. That, he's even worse than Soros. What's his name? Charles Schwab. Uh, he'll be in hell soon. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. Cities are fortified. And they're really big. And we saw the descendants of Biden there, Hunter. The Amalekites are in Washington. The Hittites and the Jebusites. The Amorites are by the mountains. And we're in trouble. What a mess. And then we got gas is $4 a gallon. It could go to 7 My bicycle has a flat tire. Oh, my God. And then they're talking about uh, wiping out all the electricity all over the earth. And what are we going to make popcorn? And I'll lose my Netflix account. Verse 30, and pastor quieted the people and said, well, we're well able to go up and possess it. And the men that went with them said, no, we can't. They stole the election. They stole it. It's, and they'll steal it again. And they gave the children of the United States a very, very bad report. In the verse 33, we saw the giants of the sinners and Anna there. And we're like grasshoppers. We're just, oh, grasshopper. We must learn kung fu. 
<laughs> Listen, this would be funny if it wasn't so true. I'm not saying that there's not a problem. I'm just saying God's a whole lot bigger than that problem. You see, two of them were in faith and ten of them were not. That sounds to be pretty much about the way it'll be. If you're going to get in faith, you're going to be one oddball walking around America right now happy. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> How's everything going? Ha, blessed. How you doing? Ha, wonderful. Exceeding abundantly above anything I can ask or think. He's taking us out to take us in. We're going home very soon. All right. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said, if only we had just died in Egypt. Well, you can't go backwards. You can't go backwards. You can't go back and fix everything you did wrong. All right. Now, look, look, look at verse 7, 14, 7. And they spoke to the congregation, the children of Israel, and said, the land that we passed through to spy out, it's a good place. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into it. If God is for me, come on, y'all, if God is for me, if God, he who began a good work shall complete it. Folks, if it was up to you and me, folks, when he found me, I was a mess. And according to some people, I'm still there. But everything that good has happened in my life isn't because I'm smart. It's because I know Jesus. It's because the God I'm serving is more than adequate to overcome all my dumb and stupid and still get me where I need to be. Say, God is able. Say, he took me out to take us in. Psalm 91, we're going to close with this. Oh, my God, I got, I got 10 minutes left. I thought Justin ate all my time. I don't mind having a son preaching the word. Amen. Isn't this good? See, the, the point is the Lord woke me up the other day and said, today, I want you to just think about how good I am. God, you're good. God is good. God is a good God. He has got me out of every mess I ever got myself into. He's a good God. He's forgiven all my sin. He took me out of darkness and the light. He's blessed me coming in, blessed me going out. He's forgiven me every time I've ever had a problem. Glory to God. God is a good God. God is a good God. God is a good God. <laughs> and I had just got through watching the news. Ah! <laughs> Thank you, Adam, for helping me out with that. Psalm 91, say me, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide underneath the shadow of the Almighty. 
I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge, you are my fortress, you are my God, it is in you I trust. My faith is in God. I, I, I hesitate to tell you guys stories about myself because I know that you may use it against me. Do you understand that I have an enemy that has worked diligently my whole life to kill me? I'm going to tell you a story right now. And it's, it's kind of a crazy story because I didn't do anything wrong. But if, if I couldn't be convinced from God that I had a call, Satan has convinced me. Why would he bother anybody who's worthless? Why do you think he bothers you? I'm in Tulsa one day and I'm sitting at my desk. A plain clothes detective came in and read me my Miranda rights. And I'm going, excuse me? And I'm like, is there a point? He said, there's a girl in the apartment complex that got raped last week, and she says, you did it. And he says, can you prove where you were during lunch? I'm going, OMG. Every day at lunch, I'm in an apartment alone praying for one hour. And I went, oh. I don't want that on tape. But God, but God, somebody in Tulsa got the bright idea to take me to lunch. Screwed up my whole week. See, I have to work to make money. And they called me and said, we want to take you to lunch because you're going to be leaving and going to Orlando and we want to honor you for the work you've done with us in the apartment complex. And I said, and I told him, no, I, I, can't, I can't afford to be, I, no, I, I, I'm not doing that. Someone came to me and said, you really should go. And reluctantly, I went. And they said, please be over here at Raven's Roost about 11 o'clock. We're going to take you to a nice restaurant. And I went, oh, no. Oh, no. So I get at 11. The lady taking me out is the wife of Tulsa's um, Chamber of Commerce, Rita McKim. She's the resident manager of the apartment, and her husband is the head of the chamber for all Tulsa. She's well known. So she's late, and I'm there with, a, with the cleaning lady, and about 12, Rita pulls up, puts me in her Cadillac along with Mark Dybert and the cleaning lady and a bunch of people I worked with, and off to a restaurant. We got back at 4 o'clock. I've lost a lot of money today. But I went. So the plainclothesman says, do you know where you were this date? And I went, yes. I went, thank you for inviting me to lunch. 
Say, there is a God, and I'm not him. Oh, he was, oh, he was taking good care of me. So the guy says, who were you with? I said, Rita McKim. The wife of the Chamber of Commerce tells him, yes. Have a good day, Mr. Morgan. I went, oh, Jesus. And what I didn't tell him was that girl was so ugly, I wouldn't have raped her anyway. <laughs> if I was a sinner, I wouldn't have let that girl. Now, now take that off the tape. Just take that off the tape. <laughs> All right. I almost weep at how many times he has gotten me out of stuff. Man, if I didn't have Jesus, I'd be a mess. I say I'd be in jail or hell. That's, that's no lie. Do you think that if he began a good work in me, that he's stopping today? No. If he started a good work in you, is he going to finish it? Is he going to take you into the millennial reign? Yes, he is. Oh, boy, I'm excited. Oh, I think I'm done. I have six minutes left. I don't know what to do with it. I never read Psalm 91. I thought I did. Well, we shall finish it. Where were we? Where did I leave you hanging? Huh? Verse 2? <laughs> now, now let, me, let me qualify my statement. If I didn't have God and Lisa... God does give us good spouses, you know that. Look at the rest of this. I mean, really, really, I want, you to, I want you to start majoring on this. Surely he'll deliver you from the snare of the fowler and the perilous pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers under his wings. You'll take refuge. His truth will be your shield and buckler. I'll not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand people may drop stone cold dead at my side. That's a lot of people dying. I mean, that's a, mad, that's a bad COVID day. Right there. That's, and 10,000 at my right hand, and it shall not come near me. Now, this, this, you have to qualify for this because he has to be, he's got to be the Lord of your life. Like he said, the complaining ones, they all drop dead in the desert. You don't want to be the complaining one. If you want to, Adam will be given dancing lessons. <laughs> because you've made the Lord your refuge, even the most high your dwelling place, no evil will befall me, nor will any plague come nigh my dwelling. He has given his angels charge over me to keep me in all of my ways. In their hands they'll bear me us, lest I dash my foot on a stone. I will tread on the lion and the cobra and the young lion and the serpent while I trample them under my feet. Now, this is God talking to you. 
because you have set your love on me, I will deliver you. I will set you on high because you know my name, say Jesus. You will call on me and I will answer you and I will be with you in trouble and I will deliver you and I will honor you and with a very short life. How long? Say, I'm not going to die today. I'm not going to die next week. I'm not going to die next month. I'm not going to die next year. I'm not going to go broke. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above anything I ask or think. <laughs> Woo! Now, not everybody in a pop is this excited. Yeah, we should be. Folks, listen. He, we will see him return. And what a joy ride it'll be. So we can turn on the news now and go, ha, ha, that's the devil. That one's the devil. And that is the Man, soon and very soon. Do I need that hat? Is my hair messed up? Hold on a minute. What does it say? Glory days, not gloomy days. Okay, I'll wear that. <laughs> now, Mary Fran said something to us before she left. Very important. Eyes on me. What you are now thinking about is huge. The children of Israel, I read Numbers 13. They're looking at the problem. They're talking about the problem. They're thinking about the problem. Look at the enemy, thinking about the enemy, talking about the enemy. I'm not saying there's not an enemy. I didn't say that. I just said there's a God bigger than the enemy. Amen. If he brought us out, he'll take us in. Now, I think it's time to be like Joshua and Caleb and have a good report. Now, I said you're going to be real strange walking around looking like you've been smoking dope. You laugh all the time. What do you own? <laughs> most high, baby. I'm on the most high. <laughs> I'm smoking Psalm 91, baby. I'm in smoking Psalm 91. Glory to God. <laughs> Roll it up. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> because your, your dominant thoughts are going to lead you where you're going. Jesus said, when you see it, look up. Now, he didn't mean walk around like this all the time. But it's spiritual. It's it. Right now, we are the generation that will see the return of Jesus. And like I said earlier, You'll never hear COVID, and you'll never hear wars, and you'll never hear pandemic, and you'll never hear the word murder, and you'll never hear it again for all eternity. Yeah. And it won't be long. It won't be long. And we get a new body. <laughs> i got to tell you one more story. I never knew that my body could scream. I've been on a keto diet, and every time I walk by the refrigerator, <laughs> I 
<laughs> Just one piece of banana pie wouldn't make you happy. Never mind. Banana pudding. Key lime pie. Never mind. Y'all don't understand that. Body, shut up. No, you shut up. No, you shut up. No, you shut up. Never mind. I'm trying to be done. Isn't God good? Say, he got us out. He's going to get us in. And he's going to do it in grand style. Now, he, now we have to cooperate with him. Okay, you know that. Are y'all ready? Are you ready? I want all of you to have a good day. I want you to wake up with your eyes on Jesus. Think on good things. Think on the goodness of God. Make yourself think on the goodness of God. If you have to, carry a Bible around with you. Every time you're having a bad moment, boy, I'll go, Psalm 91. <laughs> have a little revival in your car between traffic lights. I know you won't have time to put makeup on, but you Lisa's saying, be quiet. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. You know, the gospel is really simple. And you can tell this to a friend or to someone who's not a friend. Someone you're talking to. Acts 16.31 says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you shall be saved and your household and your house, and your family. Believe, if you'll believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. What does that mean? Believe in the shed blood of Jesus that washes away your sins. Don't believe there's just a God. Believe he's the God for you. That he shed his blood. Jesus is God. He shed his blood for you. There's nothing more that upsets a Jehovah's Witness that comes knocking on your door when you look at him and say, Jesus Christ is God. He's a good man. He is a son. No, he is God. He's God. The devil doesn't like it when you say Jesus is God. No, he's not God the Father, but he's God the Son, and he's all God. Amen. And I looked at the three men one day, and I said, what's your last name? My last name is Smith. There's Mother Smith, Daddy Smith, and Son and Daughter Smith, right? I looked at him right in the eyeballs. You have to be bold. I don't want to always just send them away, like don't bother me. People have those personalities, like, oh, here they are again at the door. But say something that's meaningful. I'm not saying argue with them, and whatever you do, don't invite them into your house to sit down and discuss. The Bible says don't do that. But you can keep them on the doorstep for a few minutes to say something that might rock their world for good. I said, are you married? Yes. You're the dad. Daddy Smith, Mama Smith, Son Smith. Father God, Son God, Children of God. And they, didn't, they couldn't say anything. They're like, goodbye. <laughs> it's okay. But they'll remember that. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Remember that verse, right? Whoever calls on the name of the Lord. Now that's Romans 
10. But Acts 16 is, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your house. If you've never done that this morning, come up and do it this morning. I cannot guarantee you another day when you don't live for the Lord and when you don't have him as your protection. So if my altar workers will come forward, if you want prayer, if you want to be saved, saved from the work of Satan, the work of the devil, saved from the hell that is to come. Well, I'm, all, I'm in I'm hell and earth right now. No, you, you are in wonderland compared to where you're going. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're here this morning and you need prayer, Heavenly Father says, if any two shall agree, Jesus said, any two shall agree on earth is touching anything. They ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. You come up, you get prayed for. We have people that will be in agreement with you. And it will be done. Pray according to the Word of God. And these up here will help you pray according to the Word of God. Don't just pray, help me, Jesus. (laughs) He will help you. He will help you as far as He can. But if you learn to pray according to His will, which is His Word, you'll get much better results. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.